Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone's having a great day. Another new episode here for the new music spotlight where we showcase new bands. And we have our first band from overseas, from the UK, from Takeaway Thieves. We have the rhythm guitar player and co-founder, Neil Hunter. How are you doing today, Neil? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for doing this, man. This is exciting. Excellent. Yeah, this is the first uh, band, and in, in, in you're the first guest from overseas. I know we had Anna Stella, who does some work there with the local rock music scene with the bands, but this is the first time we've actually had an artist come on the show. So thank you very much. Oh, oh that, that, that's, that's, that's you're more than welcome. Thank you very much for having us. And yeah, Anna Stella, she's she's a great pioneer of all the up-and-coming rock scene, certainly in the UK. You know, she's, she's helped us out a lot um, you know, with uh, interviews. And, you know, yeah, she's she's. we need more, more people like that in the industry at the moment, don't we? You know, to push, like yourselves, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Pushing yeah. bands forward. Absolutely. With the upcoming rock scene there in the UK, she does an awesome job covering all the bands and the local scene there. And uh, big fan of hers, as I'm sure you guys are as well. Yes, certainly. I mean, she has actually on her YouTube channel one of our songs is her, if you will, her theme tune for 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 her interviews. So you know, that, that's that's, awesome. that's really humbling and, and nice for her to do that, you know, as well. That's great. That's awesome. So we always start the episode every time we have a first time guest. We start the episode the same way with the same question. And that is okay. the essence of the show. And just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, an album, or a performance, got them hooked on rock and roll. What was it for you? I guess it's, um, it's got to be Kiss from 
uh, from you know America, New York City. <laughs> um, yeah, kids. First time I'd gone to my friend's house at school, and it was his older brother's bedroom we were in, and there was just these pictures of I've never seen anything like this before. What you know? Who are these guys? And his older brother put on the, the record, and it was you know Chris Alive, and I was just blown away. You know, like wow. You know, I could hear more of this stuff, and, and that, that that was really the start of it. Um, and I think my other influence would probably be Prince. Uh, but yeah, Kiss and Prince, and probably ACDC from from an early age. Really, that just just made me want to go and you know be in the band and play rock music and and all that comes with it. You know. Yeah. What was it about Kiss and I mean Prince? Because I mean. Those are like two ends of the spectrum. You mentioned ACDC. What was it about those artists and bands that connected with you? It's just just the, the, the music. It just resonated straight into the, the core of me, you know, into, into my heart and, you know, my mind. Um, and, and visually, with Kiss, I remember, obviously, because I, I live in the UK, um, and it, I'd gone to the cinema as a kid, and I remember seeing an advert, and it was actually for Kiss Meet Phantom of the Park, which was the, the, the movie that they brought out in the late 70s. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking this must have been in probably the early 80s, or it's got to have been. I went to the cinema. I, I had yet been to my friend's, in my friend's brother's bedroom to, to see these guys. I'd seen the advert for the film in the cinema in the UK. At the time, I thought, Wow, that, that they can't be a real band, you know, because I've never seen anything like that in my life. So certainly with Kiss, initially it's the, as I'm sure every Kiss fan, you know, it's, it's the visual content first of all that they put on, and then you know, you, not not secondary, but certainly then when you listen to the music, you know, and, and the whole stage show that that goes with that, that that was really you know just resonated so much with me, um, and and ACDC just. You know, great songs. Is it, it's always about songs, I think. You know, um, whether you know pop songs or blues songs, country songs, particularly you know uh, rock songs. There's all good songs, and, and people know when they hear a good song, no matter what the genre is, really. But um, so it's just the energy of the, the the loud guitar and the drums. You know, for, for myself, but you know, just thought, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to be in a band. I had a, I want to I, be like these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a similar connection with Kiss when I was a kid. I, I remember, I'm 44, and I remember being aware of Kiss because of the makeup and because of, you know, when my mother would take me to buy groceries and, you know, by, by food, you know, we go to the grocery store and there'll always be a toy section. And Kiss always had, yeah. you know, like the Kiss Halloween costume, you know, the the figures and everything. So I was always aware of like this this four individuals that had these white faces with their, you know, with the silver and the black. And of course, Catman had the green. But I didn't really know what the music was until they actually took the makeup off in '83. Well, I shouldn't say that because I was I was aware of the song "I Love It Loud" from Creatures of the Night. And yes, yeah, yeah, I was aware of that video. And then when they took the makeup off, that was actually the first album, Kiss Lick It Up, that I bought with my own money. And it, it, yes, you know, it connected with me very similar. ACDC connected with me. I remember Prince, of course, 
Purple Rain was such a huge album, and he was such a huge artist. He was like one of those guys, I always considered myself a rocker, but he was the one artist that had um, credibility with the rock audience because he could play guitar like no other. He, he was just universal across all, for me, he, he optimizes music. He, he, he's wonderful on, like you say, on guitar, on the piano, on the drums. He can play jazz. He's, he, he crosses over into the rock field. He crosses over into the funk field, the pop, the dance. And, and even, you know, at that time, he, he was crossing over from um, a, a black audience to a white audience as well, wasn't he? He's, he's totally encompassed every genre and every race, if you will. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Such a unique individual. Very much so. Very much. So Kiss, Prince, ACDC, Hooked You on Rock and Roll. Was there an artist that oh. motivated you to play an instrument, you know, to play guitar? I, I guess it's, it's, it's still got to be those guys, really. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, it's still got to be Angus, Angus Young, Malcolm Young, these guys with the guitars, whether it was lead, you know, a, a lead guitarist or a rhythm guitarist. Um, I, I always found I was I was more interested in writing songs than going over scales, if, if that makes sense. No, I always feel yeah. the craft of, of, of writing a song uh, far outweighed for myself to be, you know, a, a proficient, you know, lead guitarist. And um, there's, there's there's always so many guitarists who want to strive and put that effort in. And for some, a lot of people, it's easy, an easy effort. Um, and others have to obviously try harder to, to reach a level of being a great lead guitarist. Um so uh, I took the easy route and thought, well, I'll play rhythm, <laughs> keep a good rhythm beat, and <laughs> try, you know, and, and write songs. <laughs> well, I really thought that was the easiest what, what to take. Well, when you talk about ACDC, I mean, you know, ACDC is not the band that they became and the band that they are without Malcolm Young playing rhythm guitar. No, of course not. And, and there are, I find it quite bizarre. I'd, I'd be very privileged to play with a lot of fantastically you know insane lead guitarists so that I, I, I thought I, I made the right move at that time you know just just mm-hmm. play with them but a lot of lead guitarists well not a lot but there's, there's a few that, that can't there's a, it's a whole different science to rhythm guitar and holding that rhythm and, and playing that rhythm that I know some lead guitarists can't do that great as great as they are as lead guitarists if that makes sense, whole different beast. You know, Mal- Malcolm Young. You know, um, still now you you, know, you you see lots of hundreds of bands playing ACDC songs, but there's a way. Certainly, Malcolm Young played the rhythm guitar that's not being you know emulated by these these cover artists, if you will, trying to hold you know like an ACDC song down. It's just that the, the uniqueness and the way he he strummed the guitar. Was, was so unique, you know, and uh, it really takes someone a, a lot of time to really try and get that certain feel that he had, you know, that um, a, a lot of rock bands just miss out on thing. Oh, that's just an A, G, and D. You know, there, there we go. <laughs> the way he, it's the way he hit it, wasn't it? What about 
you know, wanting to play on stage, wanting to play live, what about writing music? Was there artists that moved you in that direction? Because there is an evolution of a musician, right? There's the first, there's the connection of the music. Second, there's the connection to want to play. But then there's that motivation to say, hey, you know what? I'm playing this. I really like playing. I want to play for some people. I want to play for a crowd. And then, hey, you know what? I can write music too. I can write a song. How was the evolution of that? Does it does it still remain in that Kiss Prince ACDC world, or does it does it change as you as you grow as an artist? Certainly, as you grow, you 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 brought into you look into other like what were their influences? You're going back to ACD, uh, uh, like Led Zeppelin, and then you have even obviously the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. You delve into what all those bands influences burn and then you just go further afield and you think, well, you know, oh, that, that's amazing, you know, and um, certainly when I played the guitar as well as learning chords, I thought, well, I was making up my own melodies. So all that happened for myself at the same time in writing and, and playing guitar and just developing them both at the same time and um, trying to, you know, um, maybe emulate a Prince song or a, a, a poison to a poison song to you know a Rolling Stones or one of the first uh, first couple of songs I learned. My dad taught me um, some Beatles songs, um, so they were like the first things I, I really learned on this really old um, six string guitar that he had. The string action was about three inches off the fretboard. I thought this could be an easier way to play the guitar than this. <laughs> uh, so. It's, as I say, the, the first couple of songs I did learn was from my dad, uh, Beat the Beatles, and um, there's a there's a guitar band in the UK called The Shadows, um, Hank Marvin, and they were like originally a backing band band for a, a guy in the sixties and fifties called Cliff Richard. Okay, and they were like an instrumental band, and you know they were the first couple of songs I did learn, as well as a basic twelve bar boogie. So um, I mean, everyone wants to be you know tries to take something from the Beatles as well, don't they? You know, because it's such a big, big, lots of band. Everybody does, right? I mean, and that is, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody from your, from country to pop to hard rock to metal, there's always some element of the Beatles in a song because they completely change the game. That's correct, yes. They're certainly pioneers, weren't they? Of, yeah. Of, of music, you know, and, and, and what it was to be in a band you know, when the, when they certainly when you know, all the screaming fans and when they went to your country and that just elevated them further, didn't it? In the to the status they are. Yep. So, Takeaway Thieves released their EP earlier this year. Tell us about yes. the history of the band. How did you guys form? Where did you guys come from? Okay. Well, we we formed kind of. What I was doing was I'd, I'd taken some time out of being in a band um, just only a couple of years ago, and I thought, well, I'm going to start maybe re reintroducing some of my songs that I'd written, and I'd, put, I'd get friends to play on them from different parts of the country, and um, which is the, the amazing thing you can do now with technology. So I'd have, you know, a friend record a guitar, a friend record some drums, my friend would sing some parts, and then I'd do like a little compilation cartoon of the, the, the players of that recorded track, and I'd put it out there, and I'd put it out as a takeaway thief. Um, in my head, I kind of thought I was stealing 
some old songs from myself, just to put some you know out there on say YouTube and you know SoundCloud and that. And then um, I got together with a, 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 the singer Peter. We, we were previous band together, and we had had a couple of years where where we we drifted and and did our own separate thing. And we, we got back together and said, let's go out and try and do some, you know, let's do some open mics and just play like an acoustic guitar and he, he sings some. So we, we brought some songs that the both of us had written together and that's what we started doing. And then we got another friend, uh, well, it turned out to be Ben. He, he got involved. He wanted to play some guitar as well. He's a great, amazing lead guitarist. So three of us went out and we did some more, you know, acoustic, you know, gigs. And we thought there's only after a while you've sat down on a stool playing acoustic guitar. The urge, primarily, we are free rockers. We, we wanted to throw the stools away and, and stand up and rock. So we got a, um, a we, we found a drummer and we had an, a, another old friend who we used to when we were in bands we used to always play with his band, you know, around the UK. We got in touch with him. Said, "Would you like to come in? You know, hear some you know demos that we've recorded. Do you fancy playing on that?" He said, "Yes." That was Adam. Adam came down and started. Um, that that so that was the start. And they said, "Well, what should we call the band?" And uh, I said, "Well, we've just really been calling it Takeaway Seeds because you've know, been stealing songs from myself, really." Uh, and we, we we thought about a couple of other names. I can't even remember what they were. But and then because I, I didn't want to. The, the guy thinking, although like I, I, I kind of started the band. It's I, I can't do it without any of the other guys in the band, and it's very much a democratic, you know, everyone's equal band. It's not it's not me in the takeaway piece, and I didn't want them thinking, oh, it, it, it's you know, primarily it's it's me and Peter's songs, and it's my name. You know, what name shall we go with? And they said, no, we like that. Let's let's keep takeaway piece, and. So from from there we we started in our first like rehearsal for as a full band it was probably April two thousand and eighteen, um, and then we were fortunate enough. Our friend had a birthday party um, where in we we live in a place called Blackpool. Well, that that's where we're based. Um, Max, the drummer, he lives about, about an hour away in a. Um, Morecambe. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's in the northwest of England. Okay. About an hour away. Um, Adam lives in Preston, which is about 40 minutes further south, in between like Blackpool and Manchester. Myself, Peter, and Ben, we live round a place called Fleetwood, where there's a famous fruit lozenger, Fisherman's Friends. That's where they they were based. So we there was a venue in Blackpool. And my friend was playing it, and we said, well, "Let's surprise him. Let's let's get up and do a couple of songs." And we did a couple of songs. Um, and this venue was called the Waterloo in Blackpool, which is growing so fast it's becoming like the. I, I and I all, I've all, I've always thought this is like the best three hundred cap venue in the UK for the, the audience who go. Uh, the owner Ian is, is accommodating, looks after the bands, and every single band who go there, they absolutely love it. And it's getting to the point now; it's getting um, such a name for itself. Ian doesn't have to now phone 
and ask bands. They're phoning him. And, and that, that's bands from all over the world are coming. So it's, it's going like to four or five nights a week, live music, all different, you know, genres of music. Um, so we did our first gig there. Um, Ian was out there. He said, well, why don't you guys, well, where, where are you rehearsing? We said, we're rehearsing down the road. They said, rehearse here, you know. And so we were very fortunate that he lets us rehearse actually at the pub. And from there, that, that our, after our first gig, our second gig, what we did was we decided, because we had, there was a lot of support staying in Blackpool for this birthday celebration, we decided on this Saturday lunchtime, we would have an acoustic show um, just at the dinner time for like 40 minutes. And what we'll do is, what we did was we recorded it live and we made that an EP and it's called Hashtag Waterloo Acoustic. Um, and that was just a, a quick way to try and generate some money for us to proceed and, you know, set up a proper recording and just help the band out financially right from the start. We were also very fortunate that uh, we had some um, really good photographers uh, who, you know, know what they're doing and they came for both these gigs and they, they took some great photos of us. Um, we had a gentleman who'd come just to watch the the gig on the Friday he was so impressed he came back on the Saturday and he reviewed the gig so after like the hour long sets we had done you know on both for the hour in total we had done we had a, a series of fantastic photos of an, an acoustic set a live set and we also had a product that we could sell and that enabled us then to you know buy t-shirts and then obviously help with the development of the, the new EP that came out earlier this year this is rock and roll now, as you guys sure. developed your sound and you guys wrote together and, and whatnot, it must be much easier knowing that you're familiar with your bandmates, right? Because you mentioned that you may have played with this guy's band and that guy's band and knew of each other. I think that would help make the process easier of not only writing and making music, but also performing and also kind of all being on the same page. Exactly, and that that so helps the band because we are we're not only we're on the same page, we're on the same line of that page. And as, as you as you know, this is so rare to, to come across. Someone's on some people aren't even on the same book, let alone the same page. When we are going over new ideas, we all we are brutally honest with each other because there's no point going yeah that sounds all right and then you, you you go home and you go that doesn't that didn't sound so great you know we, we say it there in the in the practice room no, that, no let's change that or let's just scrub that let's do something new you know peter will bring some lyrics i'll bring some lyrics we'll work together and he'll find what he, he vocally feels is best for the for the song then we'll come with a you know amazing riff and then we'll, we'll put some chord structure to that uh, Max on drums, he, he'll just bring his own flavor. So every, everyone's bringing their own flavor. They've all got different influences. And, and that's what kind of makes it original, doesn't it? You know, by them all bringing to the, to the pot their own take and mix of what the sound should be. Now, you know, talk more about that process. You know, when you, when you talk about the EP that you released earlier this year, you know, how was that recorded? Like, how, you know, did everybody have ideas that they brought in? Does one person bring in, like, a structure of a song and everybody kind of contributes? Does every, anybody kind of have their own ideas already laid out? Talk, talk more about that. We took 
some songs that were that were older songs that myself, Peter, and Max had played in our previous band, and we we actually recorded at Berlin Studios in Blackpool, which um, is John Sykes from Whitesnake and Blue Murder. Oh yeah, it's his studio. It's his family. It's his family home in the UK. So we'd already gone in knowing exactly how everything was going to be because you know we, we don't want to waste any studio time and, yeah. and money in doing that process. So prior to that, it was just a case of just recording some rough versions of how we felt the songs needed to, to go and being happy with that. And and like I say, everyone's bringing their own flavour to the ingredient to make the song. As, as best as it sounds and you know and, and certainly if there's something we think oh that doesn't sound right change that to that everyone's open to that because we're as I said before we're, we're so honest with no that doesn't sound right can you not change that and do that and, and no one takes offence because we, we want the, the greater good and we want it to be the best it, it can be you know we, we, we want to sound like a band we want to hear and certainly we want to play like a band that we'd like to see play live um, we're, we're quite well known for having a, a very good live energetic show and a lot of, I know a lot of bands say that um, but people are coming away saying Look, you guys are all enjoying yourself on stage as well and that seems to be new to a lot of people there's, I, you know, there's, there's yeah. the freshness and, and, and again that, that goes back to say um, a, a lot of it is, again the, the Kiss influence where you know the more or less I've, I've learned from Kiss I could go on and on about Kiss all day long but um, how they you know how it, the fans are the boss and if you don't do a good job your, your boss won't be happy and he won't come to the gig anymore and you won't have a job well the person in the so front row yeah the, the person in the front row needs to have the same experience as the person in, in the back of the room right yes of course yes yeah yeah, so um, you know, recording everything went great. We did we did that in like um, just a, a two days, I think. I say because money's tight, and we we were rehearsing up up to scratch with what we wanted to do. Um, and so so it was like basically all one one takes more or less for each layering of each track. So yeah, that that's and, and you know it's, we we think it sounds great and. It's sold really well, and it's had you know good reception from you know reviews and pe- people like it. You know, so that, that's all you can do, isn't it? That's all you can strive to do. Now, back to the recording process. Was that all recorded in one session, or was it? You know, how how long did it take to make that EP? In total, um, two and a half days. It's only four songs. <laughs> um, we layered the, obviously the, the, the drums first, and then we did the guitars. Uh, sorry, drum, uh, bass, and then guitars. Um, Peter put some vocals on, and then um, Ben added some extra lead guitar over over the top of some of that. Straightforward, just standard yeah. process, really. Sure, Hell it's, only, it's only rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but but if you were to tell people what your sound is, how would you describe Takeaway Thieves? That's, that's quite hard. Um, people say we, we, we've been, some people say we've got like that kind of Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith vibe. Uh, other people say we're, we're like more like a sleaze band. 
So along that kind of line, that's that's all I can say. You know, um, I just think we're a good rock band. I, I don't see that there's so many different labels of one specific music, like rock music. You have you have death metal. You have you know um, all all this other you know heavy metal, this metal, hard rock, rock and roll. There's all these different labels that people are quite happy just to throw out there and say, oh, you're labelled that. When all I see us as is just like a a, a rock band, really. Um, but this is what people are telling us. Oh, you, you feel that you're a bit like Guns N' Roses, you're a bit like Aerosmith, you're a bit like Led Zeppelin. You know, so we've got all that. You know, um, what people say we we can only go off what they think we are, rather than what we are. We just think we're a good, good hard rock band. Really, that's that's it. Yeah, I um I agree with that. I, I've had conversations with other artists as well, and you know, when I was growing up, you basically had pop rock, rock hard rock and heavy metal. You know, that was really the the four platforms you had for rock and roll. And then thrash yeah, came along, yeah. you know, with Metallica and Slayer. But now it yeah. seems like there is a subgenre upon subgenre for all these different types of rock music. And like you said, all I hear is rock and roll. You know, I mean... There's only two types of music as far as I'm concerned, good music and bad music. Correct, right? <laughs> that's a, you know, and, that's and a that, great way and, to put and that, it. And, that, and that's only up to everyone's different opinion as well, isn't it? You know, whether whether they think something's good or not. And I think most people, you can, well, it doesn't matter if, if, if you're like a, a, a death metal fan. I'm sure a death metal fan would still appreciate and be aware of a really good pop song. You know, you, 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 you know it's just, songs mm-hmm. you know you, uh, uh, everyone can tell a really good song when say not not just after you've seen certainly a gig the following morning you wake up or at dinner time the next morning and th- that song or that hook from that song is playing in your head that's that's the that's the song that's what we strive to try and do uh, and that's what if if there's one slight criticism we get uh in the takeaway thieves is um that that song was in my head for about three days after. That's a good thing. <laughs> you know, they couldn't get it out of the head. So I, yeah, I think that's a good thing. And, and like any any comment um, or any review is is a good review, whether it's written in your favour or not. You know, as long as people are writing about you and talking about you, that that's that's the main thing. You, you're doing something right there, aren't you? You know, if if, if you've got a reaction out of people, so a good song yeah, is a I good think, song. Uh, Yes, yeah, all day long. Now, I've seen some of the videos of your live show, and I do agree with you. There's a lot of energy. There is a a lot of presence on stage. And I've always said that the thing that is missing in rock and roll is that presence on stage, is that rock star, all eyes on you, and you can't take your eyes off people, and that comes with energy, that comes with a stage presence. I think it's coming back. I think these new bands that are either from the UK, from Europe, from the States, all over, are developing their stage presence and their their energy. I like it when it's organic. I like it when it's real, right? When it's when it's authentic. And I, I when I watch you guys on YouTube and I watch the videos. I feel it through the screen. I feel that authenticity, getting lost in the song well, and just being high energy. 
thank you very much. We've only just been able to build up the set to 50 minutes because we've had to build up our energy. <laughs> Got to get down the treadmill. <laughs> Before that, yeah. And in fact, um, Adam, the bass player, he, um, for a while, he used to have his phone in his pocket and he was doing 10,000 steps for every half hour gig. Wow. Just wow. to give you some idea. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's, there's no egos in our band. We're really friendly, and you're right. I think people, because the, the other thing, people, and I, I kind of took this as a, uh, I thought, well, why do they keep saying this, these people, you know, with regard to, well, look at you guys. You, you look like a, an 80s glam star. You look like a hippie. You look like a thrasher. You look pretty normal, and you look like a punk rocker. But I think that that's, when we go, this is how we dress up. You can come round for a cup of tea in the morning and that's how we're dressed in the morning. You know, we don't, we don't have any stage clothes. That's what we wear to go shopping or, you know, this is who we are. Um, we don't have like a uniform. That's just the clothes we wear. And I think um, a lot of bands, I think the audiences in rock have been used to bands dressed in black, standing still with the guitars up higher and not very animated. And I always feel, you know, a, a live show, going back to the, the, the shadows. I don't know if you're familiar with the shadows. My dad took me to see the shadows. My mom and dad took me to see the shadows um, years ago. And as, as talented and great guitarists as they were, and a band as they were, they, they didn't move. They had one signature um, move that they did. And, and I guess that's that era as well from the 60s, you know, 70s and 80s. But I said to my dad, Dad, I, I, we could listen to this at home and just we could make some little figures and shine a torch because that's the same live show you got from the shadows, as great as they are. I'm, I'm certainly not knocking the shadows. Um, but at that time, I was, I was, you know, I'd gotten into Kiss and I'd seen the spectacle and the live performance that they brought. And I say there's no egos in our band, but there's not just Peter out there being the front man uh, center stage there's Ben Adam and myself not all vying for that but being a full four man attack on the audience if you will um, you know and, and there's nothing choreographed we just we just get caught up in that moment and you know we, we want to keep that that the viewer's attention and well, so, so that they can see that and, and I, I don't I think like, like you say a lot of times in the past, these bands have gone kind of stale with that. So it's kind of refreshing. And these you know, people coming up to say, wow, we've never seen this before. And like I said earlier, we're, we're smiling and you're having fun on stage. And, you know, uh, so this is new to a lot of the audiences we are playing to, that they've not really seen this aspect or, or certainly can't remember it for, you know, being around for a long time. Uh, and that, that's why we're we're going down so well as a live unit, you know, as a live band. And that matters. That. That, that that totally matters yeah. because you listen. Not only is the audience listening with their ears, but they're listening with their eyes as well. And I remember going yeah. to shows when I was younger, whether it was Motley Crue or whether it was Van Halen, Iron Maiden, whomever, and it was like zero to sixty in three seconds, and they didn't let go of you. Till they said goodnight, Chicago. That, you you you, right. you were exhausted 
watching them because it was just you, you're watching people on stage moving and getting the crowd, in, uh, you know, in a in a in a chaotic frenzy and just having fun and the crowd. And, and then what happens is that synergy develops between the act who's playing on stage and the crowd. It becomes like this big connection between all these people and the people on stage. And it's, it's like a beautiful, it's a beautiful work of art, basically, right? It's like living art is what's it, going on. It is. It's quite um, spiritual, I, I feel. And, it, and for us, it's very humbling. You know, we're, we're playing songs that, that you know, the five of us are writing, just dumbass rock stuff. And these people are somehow connecting with what we're singing and playing and how we're moving about on stage. We're, we're the hosts of the party. They're our guests. And it's just a great party atmosphere that everyone's having. And we, we've, we, you know, we've, we've played with... Um, we're, we're only 19 months into this band. We're still new. Um, we got um, Rock People Management asked us, you know, if we could, if they could work with us. So they're, they're our management team now. And that's primarily because they, they saw a couple of live shows that, wow, this is, you know, incredible. And also they'd seen that we were, we were doing well on social media for such a new band. You know, there was, there was a, there's been a quite an acceleration, and even the gigs we're getting. And so, 19 months in, a lot of people are thinking we've been around a lot longer than that, because of how much we've done and and what we've, you know, what we've been doing. I mean, we've supported um, Shark Island. You know, these guys from America, Shark Island, Enough's Enough, right? Um, love, Love, Hate, The Erotics from New York, and Electric Boys. Of course, Enough's Enough's from Chicago, aren't they? Yes. Um, we played with those guys, um, and actually on Wednesday we're playing with the Choir Boys. It's called the London Choir Boys, I believe, in America. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a and great that's, band. Uh, yeah, and we, we played with them um, not so long ago as well. So this is our second outing with them, um, and and a lot of that, those gigs have been actually at the this you know the Waterloo in Blackpool, which Ian has graciously said, "Look, you guys need to be on this bill with these guys." And he's he's really helped, you know. Helped the, so it's very thriving, I, I feel, in the, the UK. Prior you know, the rock scene, certainly. Well, let's get into that. The Waterloo. Let's get into that a little bit. Prior to Takeaway Thieves, you guys were all in different bands. You guys have, yes. you know, been on the scene there in the UK for a while. What do you see? Um, how how has the scene evolved from you know when you first? started to now you know where is the rock scene in the uk i know like we mentioned anastella does a great job of promoting new acts and new bands yes certainly yeah yeah but so so how talk about that evolution i think this is because you have the the likes of as you do in your country um, simon cowell and his x factor and they've kind of brainwashed the whole of the Certainly, the UK and possibly, I imagine America, into that. This is the mainstream now. This is what it is, and there's there's an, an underground. Certainly, in America, there's this underground scene where and and these bands we played with in America, you know, who have come from America. Sorry, we had, we played the other week with Lost Angels. That's got um, Ryan Roxy, yes, from Alice Cooper's band. Eric great, great guitar player. Yes, uh, Eric Dover was in Slushy Snake. They're, they're, they're like another like Dead Daisies, um, and they came over and they, and they were blown away. You know, we, we 
uh, we had a short notice of that gig and we you know got place jumping for them those guys and I think th- these American bands are coming over and they're like there's such a vibrant scene in the UK and of course it's easier to tour the UK than it's certainly America you know you can do it in a, you can do it in a week <laughs> rather than you know you can stay just maybe in one state in America can't you for a week yeah um, so yeah, there's such an underground scene because the the main media are not focusing on that so it's taken the likes of Anastella and all these other people to push because they have a passion for the music to try and help and push this along so that you've got these interviewers you've got these bloggers you've got these uh, guys who are doing like maybe magazines they're all pushing and, and working with each other but there's such a network of everyone working together now that wasn't needed before, but it's needed now because the other record industry isn't listening at the moment to the rock scene. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's why I feel it is. And there's these venues are popping up and out, like I say, again, the Waterloo, that's, that's your best 300 cap venue in the UK, that, and the place in Edinburgh called the Bannermans. These these guys, uh, musicians who run these places, and they know what the bands want and what they need, and the people are coming out to see, you know, this, this music and get involved. Um, so everyone's working together really to just have a good have a good good time, and you know, and try and fight the fight for for rock music. How is the infrastructure in the UK? Like, is there is there an outlet for new rock music to be played, to be heard? Or is it like the United States where you've got to work to find new rock music? I, I, I think that there's, there's a, a few, like, nationwide, you, you have, um, there's Planet Rock Radio. They're, they're very good. They have a show for up-and-coming you know, rock fans. Um, there are a couple of like digital radio stations that surely do push that. But I think, you know, perhaps you don't need that as much now in this day of this of the technology that we have because you have Spotify, you have all these other social media platforms where music can be heard. Even YouTube, you know, like you like you say, you, you can not only do you know you've heard particularly you've seen and you, and you know what certainly I look like and we've never met you know so you already have that visual mm-hmm. so you can see the visual and so I don't think that's the, 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 there's not enough radio or press really to cover all this underground you know music scene that, that's been created but there's the venues and as I say social media Spotify iTunes Bands can put it all on there, and you know, people in America, Indonesia, South America, you know, Europe can listen and see if they can, you know, take a take a shot and maybe see a, a photo they like and go, well, I'll, I'll check them out, just like I did. Do I look at Kiss of a Wow to check out what, what what these guys sound like? So I think it, it's not as prevalent or as important, I don't think, as it once was. You know, to, to get that that mainstream you know, of, of radio and, and press because there's enough of these uh, rock and roll soldiers, if you will, on the underground scene who, who are pushing it and, and networking together. But everyone's working together on this. You know, the, the, the promoters, the 
you know, press, you know, the, 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 these little press fanzines, all these websites, um, Facebook pages, they're all working together to, to create the scene. And I, I think eventually it's going to come to a point where the mainstream are going to have to listen and take note of what's going on. And a previous, what, yeah, on a previous new music spotlight, I interviewed Chris Lane from Station, and he mentioned something after we ended our conversation about how the scene now is planet Earth, because you have the ability, no matter where you're at, whether it's New York, whether it's the UK, whether it's Los Angeles, wherever, you can connect with people around the globe, around the world. Whereas before, you know, when I grew up listening to music scenes were very localized. So if you had a big band in Chicago that was drawing a lot of people, if they never got a record deal and if they never were on MTV or on the radio, nationally they'd be unknown. That's different now. I mean, think about how I connected with Takeaway Thieves. I'm in Chicago, right? And here I yeah, am yeah. you know, watching you. So he's very correct in that assessment is that you have the ability to connect with people in all over, in Japan, in South America, in Canada, in the U.S., everywhere. And that's something that never existed before. And I think that's, I think that's a benefit to bands like yourselves and other bands, too, that are coming up. Because I do believe that there is a new wave of rock music, and I've said it before, that is right underneath the surface right now. And it's slowly it's slowly building. And like you said, I don't think after a while, I think mainstream is going to have to accept it and have to start playing it because it's, it is slowly building, I firmly believe. Yes, yes, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, whether, uh, I think the, certainly the record industry in, in the state that it's in, it, it doesn't know, what to do or how to do it it doesn't have the money to do it with all this you know this, this free streaming and so I don't even know if there will be a time when the rec- you know the, the, the mainstream will go okay let's let's throw some money into this because you know, they're going to come up with a new model of how they can make the money because all these bands who have not had that help from um, these big record labels have had to do it the DIY way and, and fund it and pay for it themselves and the the good thing about that is you're, you're getting all that financial return back yourself you're not dealing to the, to the record company yeah. you know uh, so I think until they possibly even change their I, I don't see the Certainly, the, the okay, you can say maybe a, a record company will say, "Well, we can maybe help you shift, you know, m- more copies." But you know, the, 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 the until they work out um, the costings of a new model, it's, I don't think it's an attractive offer for these bands who are doing so well at a DIY level. If that, if that makes sense. No, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> There'll be, be bands listening going, what are you up about? <laughs> yeah. No. We want the million dollar deal. But there is no million dollar deal. There is no, um, you know, you don't get a swimming pool now. You don't get a big mansion. And and you won't with this, with whatever, you know, whatever new model they bring out. So all you can do is just be happy and content with what you are doing and, 
you know, and just engage with with the people. We are at the end of the year 2019. You guys released your EP earlier this year. What is the future for Takeaway Thieves? I think we've got two summers left in us. <laughs> this is what we joke. Um, so, the, so the urgency to create and, 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 if you will, cause havoc is 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 upon us. You know, and it's urgent. We're um, we are actually rec- writing and recording. Uh, I say we're, we're playing on Wednesday with the Choir Boys in uh, Blackpool, and we're playing in on Saturday. Um, in Cumbria, which is the Lake District, um, and in north of England, we are then we've just started last week um, writing and formulating um, songs and the structures of some songs. Ten songs we're going to release our album, so we're going to record that over um, November, December, January time. Uh, and I've not spoke to the management yet, but um, I'm hope I'm. I'm maybe looking at releasing that in May, and then we have. Um, we're going to maybe try and follow that up in this three-month period to do a follow-up album for the end of 2020. Like, say, maybe this time in 2020 as well. If and we're going to try and maybe sort out all that recording business now. We have um, five festivals booked in um, from yeah, in, in, in basically the summertime in, in the UK at the moment. So um, nowadays, it's this with social media. You have to you have to really plan out, and and you spend so much time on that. It's nice to take a you know, it's more than nice to take a break from that and concentrate on the creating and and why you're in the band in the first place. To play guitar and just you know write songs. So um, I'd say the next next three months, that, that's what we're concentrating on: writing and recording. And hopefully that will be out in May if if the um, management say that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be out before then or it might be out after then. I would certainly like to, to do that. As, as we jokingly say, there's like two summers left in us. Um, and we want to try and do another, get something else out, another product out by the end of the year as well, this time next year. So be, now, will these be full-length two. albums or will these be EPs again? No, this is going to be um, our first like debut album. Um, I'm we're only put ten songs on it because, um, like we said before, you know, you feel obliged you have to put it on Spotify and it's that's free streaming you know to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the cost you know to keep the just now you know you, you, uh, in, certainly in the UK most CDs are like ten pound, or if you, if you buy a track online they're like ninety nine cent. So I'm. We're only going to be ten songs on the album because that's your that's your ten pound worth of your material. Your, your ninety nine cent per song, um, and then the idea we have for the, the the album, which would hopefully be out this time next year, I can't say much more. But I think that that would maybe have maybe sixteen songs on. Okay, wow, a lot of material. Um, yes, so hopefully. You know that that thing, and, and we we did we went down. So we have we have done quite a few acoustic gigs, as well as you know full electric ones since we went electric, if you will. And I think our songs go down really well acoustically, and 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 we do do them good, even if I say so myself. Um, I, I would 
we've, we've, we even talk about probably that will probably be an EP where we released to be an acoustic EP. I know we did one with the it was a live EP, so it's real live and raw, which people can listen to on Spotify. Um, but we want to do more of a, a studio, you know, a cleaner acoustic song on you know like an, an EP, four or five tracks. So hopefully we can do that as well. And then you get into the rigmarole of what songs on videos don't you, and what, when you're going to release these videos to co- coincide with the release of the album. So, and hopefully, yeah, it, yeah. Was, uh, hopefully. promising, you know, and it's, it's on the way up, isn't it? So, hopefully, at some point, you guys are going to play the states because I know you guys and there's a few other bands that are in the UK right now that are just phenomenal bands that I'd love to see you guys play here. You know, in the in Chicago and the other uh, big cities here as well. We, we we would love that. I mean, we played with the, uh, the Erotics in, in in New York, and they said, "You know, you guys have to come over there." Uh, you got uh, enough enough in Chicago. The the, the cost factor of us it, it's it's actually cheaper for the American bands to come over to the UK than it is for just in in with regard working visas than it is for the UK bands to come over to the America and certainly at a DIY level maybe maybe I'm talking rubbish what I said earlier and in and, and which case you, you do need the big record label to be able to finance that you know trip overseas if you will um, it, it's really we would we would absolutely love to come to America I, I really feel um, we, we would go down well there seems to be when American bands come over to the UK, there's a romanticism to, we must see them. They must be really good because they're from America. And I think, um, I used to live in America, so I, I know it's, it's the same as over there. When a, If, if, if a, a local American band was playing in town and a, a, UK, a band from the UK came over, people would be swayed and more attracted to watching the UK band. Not because they might not see them again, but there's a romanticism with, for the Americans, like there is in, in the UK, for, for us loving the American bands, if, if you follow me, but they want to see that. And I think we, uh, I, I'm sure we would go down great. And, and you know, we, um, you have a few UK singers, shall we say, they, they like to talk with an American twang. And we're like, what's, why are they pretending to be American? <laughs> and yet, that would say Peter, he he's very he, he is very much a, a Lancashire which is the the county of the north of England where we where we live. Sure. He's a very Lancashire accent. And you guys in America would would just love to hear his patter, if you will, on, on stage talking, <laughs> let alone us playing anything or jumping about like you know, a lot of monkeys. Um yeah, yeah, we would love that and if we could hook up with someone or, or sort of something out there, we, we'd be over tomorrow, really. I, I would love to see it. You know, there, there's you guys and a few other bands, too, as well, that are just really connecting to some music fans here in the States. I know in the States it doesn't really have the infrastructure that it once had to bring bands over that are, you know, not close to mainstream or mainstream. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh, I wish that would change. And I hope it does, if it does change, I hope it does soon. Because I think there's a lot of great music, like with you guys and others, that are just really good. And I, I think the American rock fans need to hear you guys. 
well, thank you very much, and and, and thank you for and it's it's, it's reciprocated with regard to yourself. You know, you're you're helping bring, you know, certainly us and, and other bands from the UK to your listeners and 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 to America, and and hopefully opening those doors. It's like you know, uh, people like Anastella over here is is bringing opening the doors to not only the UK guys, but you know, the Americans and you know, European bands. And and so collectively, like like I said earlier, with regard to the, the underground scene, it's it's not even so much um, just a UK local scene now that's all working together. Um, and it's like your guest said the other week, it's it's a planet Earth thing where you know you've you've connected with Anastella and we're we're spreading this local underground movement internationally with the with the help of the internet. You yes. know, and, and help and spread the word of, you know, uh, oh, there's this great band from Blackpool. You know, there's this great band in Chicago. You know, let's try and get them over. You know, and 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 play. So it's all good. We're all we're all working together, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We have to because we you know we are all music fans. At the end of the day, we're all rock fans, and we want to see rock bands and rock artists be successful and have an audience. Yes. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, Neil, it was great talking with you once again. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Once, you know, like I said earlier in the conversation, you're the first band that I've interviewed from the UK, overseas, and uh, it's much appreciated. Well, well thank, thank you very much for letting us be the first, and, and hopefully we won't be the last. No, um, not at all. And you know, we'll, well, I'll tell the boys, we'll, we'll be over for breakfast at yours on Sunday then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> what time do you guys eat breakfast? <laughs> when, we, when we get up. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, well, it was great talking with you, uh, great conversation. When you guys release that new material, I want to have you guys back to talk about the new album and you know, continue to build your audience, continue to build the success. And Neil, once again, thank you. That's great. Thank you very much. What, uh, one thing I forgot to just admit there is we are releasing another video from the EP, um, which will be out before Christmas. So Look forward to that. Have to check that out, see what you think. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we, we did a, a little GoPro. We, we carried a GoPro around a couple of, the old uh, gigs we've done, and half the time we forgot we, we forgot we even had it. It was in the bag, um, so we're going to try and you know edit some kind of video out of you know what, what we've done and what we've been up to this year, and, and just put that out at the end of the year. Look forward That's to another, it. You know, yeah. official video, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for your support. And I'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, no doubt. Perfect. Once again, everybody, this is Jay Scott, and you're listening to The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We will talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.